I think I am pretty lucky to have drawn this gospel. What drama. (laughs) Jesus walks on water. Peter does too for a while. Lots of wind, stormy weather, a boat being tossed around without mercy. Jesus saving Peter and then calming the storm. And Matthew's gospel is the only one to tell it with Peter in it. Mark and John have shorter versions, and Luke leaves it out altogether. So why did Matthew include Peter in his version? Maybe because he was so human, so bumbling, rushing forward, blurting out things that everyone wanted to say but wouldn't dare. Last week we heard how he wanted to scurry around and make houses for Moses and Elijah at the Transfiguration instead of being just overwhelmed with awe at the sight of these prophets of old appearing. Peter knew the true identity of Jesus, yet didn't understand the cost. He swore he would never deny Jesus, and yet he did. He fell asleep at the Garden of Gethsemane after Jesus had asked him to pray for just a little while. And today, he questions Jesus and asks him to prove who he is, and again falls. Peter was the disciple who took risk, stumbling often and getting himself up to try again. As Barbara Brown Taylor says, it's hard to not love Peter. He is full of faith one minute and doubt the next. Does this sound like anyone you know? There's nothing fake about him. What you see is what you get. In loving Jesus, he lets him down and receives Jesus' judgment. But he also receives his loving grace. Let's look at the passage a little more. Jesus was physically, emotionally exhausted after feeding the 5,000, as were the disciples. I've tried to imagine how drained Jesus must have been after dealing with the crowds that found him wherever he traveled. They had heard that if they just touched the hem of his robe, they would be healed. Think of a time when you have given your all, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Maybe for months. And then it is over. Your adrenaline runs out and you are completely spent. I can't even fathom how much more that was for Jesus. So Jesus went up the mountain by himself to pray. The disciples went across the body of water and got into a terrific storm. Jesus prayed into the night and in the early morning, but still dark, he went to the disciples on the water. Now these men who grew up around water and fishermen were scared of this storm. They could see a shadowy figure and they asked, is it a ghost? I don't know how many of you think you have seen a ghost, but I think their question makes sense. A stormy night and this figure comes out of the dim darkness. Of course we know the story. Jesus told them, it's me. Don't be afraid. Now enters lovable Peter again. He wants Jesus to prove it. And Jesus doesn't hesitate. 
Yes, Peter, come to me. So Peter swings over the side of the boat and actually goes to Jesus on top of the water. But once he remembered he was in the middle of the storm and a large body of water, he sank. Jesus rescued him but rebuked him for his lack of faith. Once again, Peter lost his faith. Could there be anything more debilitating than being scolded by Jesus? As I was doing this, I was reminded that water in the ancient world, in Jesus' world, represented chaos. The waters of the creation story, the waters of the Red Sea, parted for the Israelites by Moses, the water for which Noah built an ark. Back to the question I asked at the beginning, why did Matthew include this version with Peter in it? Maybe Peter represents who we really are as believers. Why don't I have more faith? Why am I afraid to really let go and put my trust in God? Why do I still have doubts? I believe that God answers prayers and that I am in the hands, in His hands, for safekeeping. But then I pray for someone who has fallen back into a drug addiction that we thought was gone, and I begin to sink. I know God is present with you and me, but then someone comes to the church door because they are homeless, and I know that she is just one of the many, and I sink. I do believe in another life after this one. But I'm called about a friend who has six months to live. And I pray for a miracle. And no miracle comes. I pray to hear God's voice and I don't. And the water comes up around me and I sink. Why do we doubt? Fear. Everything around us is so powerful and scary. Life is beyond our control. And we are afraid. Even when we have faith, we are afraid. Like Peter, we have faith. Some, a little. We try to walk with Jesus. And we sink. And we say those three words Peter said. Lord, save me. We do see ourselves in Peter. But aren't we also like the other disciples in the boat? N.T. Wright points out that they were professional fishermen, yet struggling to keep their boat afloat. Just like them, we know a lot about a lot of things, and yet still don't have the power to accomplish what we need or what matters. We have invented machines for making war, but not peace. We send people into outer space successfully, but can't feed the hungry of the world. We need to hear once more Jesus talking to us. Is that really how much faith you have? Why all this doubt? That's what it's like for each of us in Christian discipleship again and again. We are forever being caught in unanticipated storms, threatened when we least expect it, finding ourselves in the midst of death and danger, and always in need of a Savior.
It is true that if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. And granted, the church needs visionary and bold people who will do something new and courageous. But maybe there are far more times when life in the boat or the church involves no more than faithfully pulling on your oar against the winds, believing that Jesus is near. So you press on. You press on in faith, not because you tested Jesus and found that he lived up to all the hype, and not because Jesus has enabled you personally to do something grand. No, you press on because you believe in Jesus when you hear him say, Don't be afraid. Remember the ending of this gospel. The wind ceases, the waves calm, and the skies are gradually turning to day. And we are all in this boat with the disciples, worshiping a man who we turn to and say, Truly, you are the Son of God. Amen.